Another day, another release of Jaden Rashada information that we're going to talk about here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Hold Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started and oof, i don't know about you but i am beyond sick of talking about Jaden rashada and, and the nil situation that went down with him but here's the thing i can't not talk about it because this is a show about the florida gators and uh it, it's a story about the Florida Gators with Jaden Rashada. And I will say, I so badly want this to be the last time we talk about this on the show. I really do. Like, less news coming out would be dope. I, I'd appreciate that a ton. But The Athletic put out a report that was, by the way, fantastic. It was a very good report uh, in terms of being accurate. I, I, I'd suggest doing it. Athletic's pretty cheap, too, so... Just do it and you will find all the information. Information, But here's some of it. that, And I'm only talking about what we've seen tweeted, um, like screenshots out, because I know that at least that's already public information. That It's not behind a paywall. Um, but we finally have the actual number for Jaden Rashada's contract, which we know is somewhere between $7 million and $13.85 million, And it's $13.85 million. $500,000 up front, $250,000 per month as a freshman, $292,000 per month as a sophomore, $375,000 per month as a junior, and $196,000 per month as a senior. Uh, sophomore is about $292,000. I believe it's $291,666.66 per month. And then $196,000 is roughly as a senior. I believe it's one hundred ninety-five. dollars Point seven thousand uh per month but that's what it is the requirements for Jaden Rashada were to live in Gainesville one branded tweet and Instagram post per month eight fan engagement events per year which is Gator Collective I think it's at 85 so far so there's plenty of opportunities and up to 15 autographed pieces of memorabilia per year I don't know about you, but if someone offers me all that for thirteen eight for thirteen point eight five million dollars, I'm doing it ten times out of ten. Um, but that didn't work out the way that we thought. By the way, the contract stated that the Gator Collective could terminate the contract without penalty or further obligation at any time. Okay, I, I need you to to follow this. All those requirements, thirteen point eight five million dollars, Gator Collective can terminate the contract. In fact, the Gator Collective did terminate the contract on December 7th, 
two weeks before early signing day. And we knew this at this point. I don't think we knew this uh, at, at early signing day time, but shortly after we found out the Gator Collective tried to cancel this contract or did cancel this contract um, on December 7th. And then Jaden Rashada still signed the evening of December 21st. And if you read the report, you'll gather what I've, I've been trying to convey to people this whole time. It isn't Jaden Rashada that is money hungry. I refuse to accept that. That's why I've been telling people, hey, don't bash Jaden Rashada. It's not him. It, it's not his screw up. I still firmly believe that Jaden Rashada wanted to be a Florida Gator. Whether he still does or not is completely different based on what people have said about him. I'd assume not. But I still firmly believe that Jaden Rashada flipped to Florida because NIL was involved, but also because he wanted to be a Gator. I firmly believe that on December 21st, when he signed, that it was because he wanted to be a Florida Gator. He was, in my mind, what I think of is that Jaden Rashada had his his dad and lawyers and other people telling him, like, oh, no, no, like, don't worry. We'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. Don't worry. Like, you're going to get your money. Um, and Jaden was like, okay, because, like, I want to be a Gator, so I'm going to sign, and then I'll get my money, and we'll get that sorted out. That didn't happen. Um, <laughs> there, there, There's, yeah, that didn't happen, and it's unfortunate because Jaden is the one that's taken a whole bunch of smoke for this, and the Gator Clutch was taking a whole bunch of smoke for this. And I think that th that it's undeserved, especially on the Jaden Rashada side, because it seems like it's his dad, Harlan, and a couple other people that are kind of harping on him about the money. And I, I get tied back to the same thing that I had an issue with when this report broke. Because when this report broke about Jaden Rashada, my thing was Darren Heitner negotiated the contract. Darren Heitner had, or, or we won't even go as far to say he negotiated the contract. We'll say he had some kind of impact on the contract. We know that because a certain booster tweeted, tomorrow's going to be a great day, Gators fans. And then Darren Heitner responded with Kermit furiously typing at the typewriter. Uh, and then there were multiple other tweets made from Darren Heitner around that time that were, hey, guess what? I'm working on these contracts. And then S hit the fan and also, whoa, 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 whoa. Where'd you get this from? I did nothing. And I will continue to say that the moment that I completely stopped buying anything Darren Heitner was selling was I reached out to him when the Rashada stuff hit and I said, Hey, off the record, can you, can you just tell me anything that's happening? And he said, I must remain silent. But then like an hour or two later, he was on Twitter running his mouth about it. So that was the moment where I was like, okay, he he's protecting himself at this point. And I will continue to say that he is, he should have been allowed to negotiate the contract because of the conflict of interest that he clearly had because he's getting paid from the Gator Collective. Um, he said the Gator Collective held me on retainer since 2021. So he he's getting paid by the Gator Collective, despite what he tweets now of, I've never gotten paid from the Gator Collective. They've been holding him on retainer. So he's part of the Gator Collective negotiating bunch or legal department, whatever you want to call it. He's part of it. 
He's also part of JTM Sports. He he's retained by them or he's involved in them in somehow because on their website it says JTM Sports contracts Darren Heitner to handle all their NIL jumbo there. Um which is it's wild that you'd be allowed to negotiate that because you work for the Gator Collective, you work for uh, JTM Sports, which represents Jaden Rashada, by the way. That JTM Sports is an agency that represents Jaden Rashada uh, through his NIL negotiations. So you work for the people who are pushing out the contract. By the way, the Gator Collective was never supposed to pay this money. This was not money that the Gator Collective was supposed to pay. This was money that other people were supposed to pay on behalf of the Gator Collective, and the Gator Collective was supposed to just exercise the contract. So we have this happen where Heitner, for some reason, negotiates the contract or has a part in the contract when he shouldn't because he's got a massive conflict of interest. So my question has always been, why is Darren Heitner, or why was Darren Heitner allowed to negotiate that contract with that conflict of interest? And the only thing I can think of is, what if he didn't disclose what if Darren Heitner never said to the Gator Collective, hey, I, I have to, I have to, uh, what is it, recuse myself? Recuse myself, I think it is. Basically, I have, to, I have to step away because I have a conflict of interest because I get paid by both parties. So the higher up this contract gets, the more I get paid. So I, ha I have to recuse myself here. He didn't do that, though, did he? He didn't do that, though, did he? That, that's my biggest takeaway still. If there is one target for your, if you're a Florida Gators fan, there's one target for your anger, one target for your hate, one target for your blame. You know who to put it on. That's all I'm saying about it. That's that's my take on it. That's who I blame. That's who that's who takes 99% of my blame. Was the guy who shouldn't have been allowed to step foot into that negotiation from the jump, but he did. So that's where I land on it, okay? And and that that's it. Hopefully, no more Jane and Rashada stuff comes out. Hopefully. But for now, I digress. And we're about to move on to talk about the Florida Gators cornerback room for 2023 because it's something that's incredibly exciting and, and has great potential. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, and it's the New Year's. So New Year's resolution time. February might be done, but if you're sticking to it, Kudos to you, by the way. But if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier or, or getting in better shape a little bit, whatever it might be, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. I'm horrible at keeping my New Year's resolution, which is why I stopped doing it, because I have a hardcore sweet tooth. But with Built Bar, coated in 100% chocolate, so hits the, sweet, hits the sweet tooth there. Also, Built Puffs, marshmallows that are coated in chocolate, so... It's the sweet tooth there. Most bars have 130 calories for net carbs. You know how good it is that you can count the net carbs? Like, do you know how healthy that has to be? You can count the net carbs on one hand. That's pretty damn good. Along with 17 grams of protein, and they're finally in person. So go to builtorbuiltbar.com. Go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and go get yourself Built Bar. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, we're talking about the Florida Gators cornerback room for 2023, and we're going to talk about it for the rest of the show. 
right now, we're going to talk about the three main contributors I see in this outside cornerback room that are returning. Then we're going to talk about the, the other couple guys that are coming in now from this class. So first off, Jason Marshall Jr., who in man coverage, one of the best, one of the best in the country in man coverage. Cover three, I'm not going to do that thing that we see on Twitter. We go, he can't play cover three. No, he struggles in cover three because he struggles to find where he should be compared to where his man is while also keeping his eyes in the backfield. That's also the biggest flaw Trey Dean had in zone coverage was that Trey Dean could, could watch the corner, could watch the quarterback and not really know where he should be. He was very bad at knowing, uh, watching the quarterback and tracking where his, where his man is. Um, with Jason Marshall, that's kind of the same thing. It's just not as bad, but it, it's kind of the same thing where he takes a little while to to diagnose what's happening. It looks like, at least, it looks like what his issue is, is that he takes a little while to to kind of diagnose what he should be doing there. Quarters, I think he's very good. By the way, I think he does a good job there of going, okay, you're breaking in, I'm backing off, and I'm taking my drop. I think that Jason Marshall does a very good job of playing man and quarters, which quarters allows you to play man if they go deep, if they go vertical. But... Yeah, so I, I will say that. And I will continue to say what I've been saying for months now about Jason Marshall Jr. And this is nothing against him, by the way. He's good. I just don't think he's ever going to be as good in Gainesville as Florida Gators fans want him to be. Could he become an elite shutdown quarter, corner at the next level? Yeah, he could. He has that physical skill set. He could do that. But right now, he's still got quite a bit of work to do. So he's good. Hell, you could say he's great. He's just never going to be as great as Gators fans want him to be. But that's not on him. I want to make that clear as well. That's not on him that that his development's taken a little, a little while longer. That's not – he didn't set those unrealistic expectations. That's what Florida fans do. And that's fine because, like Ben Chase said when he was here a few weeks ago, he said, you're at the University of Florida. Greatness isn't the goal. It's the expectation. And that's true. But sometimes you don't reach expectations. So, yes, there is there is that where I think Jason Marshall is very good. I just don't think he's ever going to be as good as Gators fans want him to be. And that's not his fault. And that's okay, by the way. Like, he's still very good. You don't have to live up to your hype. There's so many five-star players out there and four-star players out there that show up and don't do a single thing for their team. That's not the issue for uh, Jason Marshall anywhere. That, that's not an issue he has, and that's fantastic for Florida because that would really suck if he was just bad, but he's not. He's just not as great as people expect him to be. And again, that's okay. Jaden Hill will likely start opposite Jason Marshall, at least for the spring and fall ball. But I will say this, and, and I know that I'm not I'm not Jaden Hill's biggest supporter. If his knee, it, and I don't care if him or anybody else says his knee is not bothering him, watching the tape, he is not as good as he used to be in man coverage. And I, I think it's part of, I think it's because of his knee. I don't think he just got less athletic. I think it's part of his knee. So I think he might be close to his ceiling already. And he, but I will still say, He's very good in zone coverage. He is. He's got great eyes. Very good in zone coverage. And whether or not he starts for Florida, whether or not he plays a ton for Florida, when he goes to the NFL, there will be teams that want him. 
it's as simple as that. Jaden Hill will be an NFL football player. I just don't know if he's going to be able to play for a defense that plays man coverage frequently. So he might get pushed out because of his lack of versatility. We'll say that maybe drives he's in. Zone it up. I don't know. Maybe. But I think Jaden Hill is is close to his ceiling in Gainesville. And I think he might get pushed out a little bit again, mainly because of his his athleticism. I think his knee's holding him back right now. His eyes are great in zone coverage. There's a reason that you can be not the best athlete, but still get picks because your eyes are great. I was obviously a horrible athlete at corner, but I had good eyes, so I can make picks every now and then. I sucked, but it, so did the rest of my competition. So, so, so yes, I, I think that that's a big thing where you, you have to acknowledge if you're not a great athlete and your eyes are good, then you can still make plays, especially in sound coverage. And Devin Moore. I've been told that Devin Moore should be good to go for spring practice, but he's probably going to get cleared right around the time of that. I, I believe the expectation is in a couple weeks, he'll be cleared for full running. And then a few weeks to a month after that, he'll be cleared for contact. But I do expect that even at the start of training at the start of spring practice, let's say he's cleared for contact. I think at the start of spring practice, he's still going to be wearing a, uh, a non-contact Jersey. Cause I, I think that that's smart to do, especially when it's a shoulder injury. So if you're wearing a contact Jersey and people are going to hit you, you're going to be going through it. Right. So I think that with Devin Moore, he'll start spring as a non-contact player, which is good, by the way, because that forces the younger players into a more full contact role or or forces the younger players more into actually playing football early on, and that gets them up to speed better. So I think it's good. I also think that Devin Moore, if he doesn't take a starting spot, I think he'll be one of the few rotational players. I think that we still see a, a five, a four or five man rotation at cornerback, but yeah, I, I think Devin Moore will be one of those guys, uh, probably corner two or three. Cause, cause he, he was good when he played. I think that his biggest flaw was just not knowing where he should be when he should be there. But as a true freshman playing in this very complex defense, I have an issue faulting you for that. Like the Kentucky game, there was a touchdown that uh, I believe it was Jalen Kimber gave up the touchdown and Devin Moore should have rotated over, but he didn't. And part of that is probably just the lack of experience at that point. So we'll see. We're about to talk about the new additions to the Florida Gators cornerback room. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel and the NFL playoffs are here. The Super Bowl is here. <whistles> Super Bowl is here. And we at Lockdown are really excited about our new sports betting partner because it's the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Don't worry about that. But if you're not new to FanDuel, then I want you to relate with me because I had two parlays during the conference championship. I had Travis Kelsey and Joe Mixon to score a touchdown. Travis Kelsey did. Joe Mixon did not. Thanks, Joe. And for the Eagles game, I had... Uh, it was... Jalen Hurts and or not Jalen Hurts. It was Devonta Smith and I want to say Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. And Devonta Smith did not score a touchdown, so my heart was broken. But I made more money after that, so don't worry about that. But new customers can join, place a five dollar bet, and receive one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets whether you win or lose. Sign up at FanDuel.com/slash locked on. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the newest additions to this Florida Gators corner room and. I'm going to start by saying this. 
because I'm going to talk about two players in this segment that I think will be playing star. And I think that Florida is going, it's frustrating because we, we star is safety coming down to court, coming down to the nickel. And it looks to me as though Florida is trying to go with a more true, we'll say tweener type, a, a corner safety hybrid type guy that's going to actually come down into the nickel. And, and that's great as opposed to a straight up safety because we've seen straight up safeties come in and not succeed a ton at star. We I mean, Florida hasn't had a great star player since Chauncey. Simple as that. So I think that Florida is trying to address that and add in great star players. But when you have a, an SEC, especially that is getting more pass heavy, you need to have a reliable cover man at the star spot. And that's what Florida, I think is trying to do, but we're going to start off with the highest rated corner here in Jakeem Jackson, because I think Jakeem Jackson is going to play outside corner, expect him to play outside corner. He has the size to play outside safety or star. He's got the physical skill set to play any of those positions. But expect Jakeem Jackson, I'm telling you now, expect Jakeem Jackson to play outside corner. I'm expecting him to get significant playing time in 2023 alone. I think he's going to be the freshman DB that plays the absolute most here. So Jakeem Jackson, get you staring that name. He's going to be playing for the orange and blue this fall. Okay, cool. Get it? Got it? Good. Deshaun Johnson was one of the most talked about recruitment stories for the Florida Gators because it was Deshaun Johnson with Ohio State, Florida, Miami. He took a million visits to Florida, nowhere else, but he took a while to commit. And so it was like, okay, wait, like, is, is this happening or is this not happening? And then, and then he commits. So Deshaun Johnson is another guy that I think is going to play outside. But I wouldn't be shocked if during spring ball and fall ball, you see him work a little bit at safety, maybe a little bit at star, but I think he's best suited for the outside. I just think he's someone that has a versatile skill set that they're going to want to move. Jakeem Jackson, outside. I'm telling you this, okay? I'm gonna make, I want to make that clear again. I'm not asking or suggesting. I'm telling you to expect Jakeem Jackson to play on the outside. Dijon Johnson, I think, is going to play on the outside. We'll see. He's probably going to get moved around. And if he shines at a spot, he shines at a spot. Sharif Denson is coming in and is going to, I think, compete at star immediately. Sharif Denson is the type of player that's going to come into Gainesville and compete at star immediately for playing time for a potential starting spot because star is wide open right now. It's wide open. Trevor's Johnson is gone. Jadarius Perkins is eh. Uh, Miguel Mitchell, we'll talk about him tomorrow, but expect him at safety. Okay. Sharif Denson, star. Aaron Gates, mm -hmm. star. Aaron Gates is, of course, the athlete. He is the only Mullen commit to maintain through the Napier time and come to Gainesville the entire time. Never decommitted, never wavered. Aaron Gates, expect him to play star. Physical up front. He's listed as an athlete, I know, on like 24-7 and everywhere else, but... He's going to be playing DB for the Florida Gators. He's likely going to be lining up at star and, and wreaking havoc there. Again, the expectation is that Florida is going to go with more of a true corner or a true tweener type at star as opposed to just going. Like if, like if there's, let's say this is a bar, it's corner on this side, safety on this side. Florida used to be all the way at safety. Yeah, Florida was right all the way at safety. 
Now we're moving a little bit more. This is still corner, and this is still safety, but we're moving over here. We're going a little bit more to the middle, and we're trying to get there with actually good cover players that are physical and aggressive at the line of scrimmage. So it allows Florida to actually play the defense that they want to play successfully. And so, so that, that should be your expectation for the corner room this year. I, like I'm telling you this now, like just I'm, I'm trying to really hammer it home that I'm right about this. Okay, cool. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. We're going to talk about the safety room tomorrow because there's some stuff to talk about. But for your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage and the best conference including the best university, the University of Florida. Right here, baby. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.